0: Welcome back to the Yes Functional Lungs Every podcast. We give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Good afternoon. My name is Chris Borda, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness. First off, I want to thank you for taking the time from your busy day to listen to what I have to say. I appreciate that. I don't take it lightly. So I hopefully the information I give you today will be will help you live longer lives, healthier lives, improve your health span. Just a little bit of housekeeping. You can get our show notes, transcript, and timelines. You can rewatch it. Uh, if you go to our website, yes, fitnessct.com, and scroll down to go to podcasts, you can see this podcast, all our podcasts. You can also listen to it wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our first, or I should say, our big um, housekeeping is. Starting in September 13th, we have a kickoff seminar, 6 p.m. down here, Yes Fitness, where we're going to run our most successful um, challenge program It's a drop two sizes, D2S. If you are interested in bringing in a pair of jeans that you cannot button, you can't even get into buttons close to each other. And in eight weeks, be able to put those jeans on comfortably then this is the right program for you. If you're frustrated, you've tried many things in the past, you can't be consistent, you can't make the, those changes, can't make those changes and keep those changes that you are make. if you were successful, if you're confused by all the information that's out there, then come on down, give us a call. We'll reserve a spot for you for our kickoff seminar on Tuesday, September 13th at 6 p.m. That's where you get to learn all about the program, how it works, and how you can drop two sizes in just eight weeks. With that, that's the only housekeeping we have. So we're going to get right into today's topic, which is to witness firsthand the dangers of being a fitness professional. Now, I love being a fitness professional. Uh, there's a lot of advantages to it. I'm in shape. I feel great. I have a lot of energy. I have strength. You know, my likelihood of me living longer, a healthier life is there but there are some social disadvantages that just are about that you can't you can't get away from so i'm going to talk to those out a little bit so how that what that all means is we're always on stage when we're in the public we're on stage and there's other professions that are like this as well but for our profession like if i'm in a grocery store not that i'm embarrassed or ashamed or whatever but and i could care less if you see what i have for my grocery card but somebody sees me they're going to look into my grocery cart to see what i'm you know, what what I'm eating, right? People want to see me work out. They want to see that I'm, you know, crushing it when I'm working out or when I'm running, whatever I'm doing. They want to know that if I'm out eating, they see me out eating, that I'm not, you know, stuffing some kind of unhealthy food down my throat. But I'm human, so those things all happen. I eat burgers just like anybody else. I was celebrating my son getting a new job the other day, and I went out and I had a burger. It had cheese and bacon on it. When was the last time I did that? Couldn't tell you. But I do do it sometimes. I'm in the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, I real you know eat real good, real clean, healthy stuff. And 20% of the time, I don't much worry about it. Do I have a burger like that often? No, I don't. But I don't think it's going to make me live a second less because I did. And there's, there's, you know there's other professions like this, like I said. So what, what made me bring this thought about today was I was at a birthday party for an old friend, stan simpson Uh, we were friends back in middle school for three or four years and he moved to north carolina and a few years ago we you know kindly reconnected so i went to a 60th birthday party and i didn't know anybody there actually i didn't know one person there his brother mike was there i didn't didn't barely even remember mike because mike was six years old as we were probably 13 or 14. and we started chatting chit-chatting what do you do this and that kind of stuff and you know, kind of as soon as you, someone finds out that you own a gym, you're a fitness professional, the questions start, right? And, and I don't mind. I love it. And I'm more than happy to help Mike with whatever he needs to help with as far as exercise. We start talking about exercise, and um, which is okay. But no matter where you go, that's what happens. No matter where you go, they're going to talk to you about nutrition. They're going to talk to you about exercise. The food that was there. You know, is a food that I'm going to eat? You know, they think that I don't drink. Yeah, I have to drink sometimes. I have some beer sometimes. Um, so we're sitting there and we're chatting for a little while and uh, talking about exercise. And he wanted to know kind of what my why was or my thing was. And I told him longevity. And, you know, he started talking, okay, well, you know, what do I need to do to live longer? And, you know, what's what's the best exercise and and all that kind of stuff and i said to him honestly for longevity one of the most important thing is social integration this is what some of the research has shown number one number two is you know close relationships family they outweigh most of the other stuff and in the top 10 you've got um quit smoking um get the flu vaccination. Um, I'm thinking off the top of my head now, I I kind of forgot all the different ones that they are. Oh, um, quick boozing it up for sure. Um, Make sure you do your cardiac rehab. So all these these are two, four, six, these are the top six things and then exercise comes involved there. And then it's um, you know good weight over overweight and um, hypertension and what was that? there's a t- ninth or tenth one there that. <laughs> You know, breathe clean air. those are like the top ten things, right? And nutrition isn't even in there, right you don't you want to be a healthy weight, but nutrition isn't even in there, which kind of blew his mind. And you know we talked about the the fact that it's about relationships and why do we want to have relationships, whether they're close with family or just other people because what we don't have relationships when we get older we we don't have a reason to get up in the morning. We're not happy. We're depressed when depression sets in. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're not eating well. We're not moving well. We're doing things, all the things that that we're going to accelerate the aging process. So those two things are at the top. But when we get down to exercise, he told me what's the best. And um, excuse me one second. just walked in. Yeah, you go ahead and take those. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to take them. I just did that. Okay, sure. I'll let her know. I'm on a broadcast, so that's why I get to chat. That's okay, no problem, no problem. Um, so apologize for that. Um, somebody just walked in. Let me get my training started again here. So exercise, you want to know what's, you know, what's the most important thing you can do for exercise. And I told him strength training, which a lot of people think, hey, get do cardio, right? And we didn't get too much into fat loss, which I tell them strength training again, but it's about muscle mass. It's about having strength. It's about having power. That's why it's important for longevity. So I just want to, like most people know that body mass and body fat percentage and BMI and what they're all about and things like that. And what a healthy BMI is, you want to be under 30. And once you get above that, you're overweight and obese and things like that. But BMI doesn't tell the whole story, right? Muscle mass is what's important and strength. Training is how you get muscle mass resistance training. And I think most people know that when they step on a scale, everyone realizes that just measure of gravity. That's the sum of the, all your total body parts. Doesn't really tell us that much. I uh, sure tells us a little bit about for BMI, but it, it doesn't tell us enough. Okay. And I know most people are worried about the fat content, how much fat they have on the body. But a scale doesn't really tell us that. And what we want to know really is what our lean mass is and what our muscle mass is. And obviously in that number, lean body mass is our bone mass, but it's our muscle mass that we need to know. And most people probably understand that about 70% of our body's water content and that most of the water is inside our cells and it's inside of our muscles. So muscle mass and lean mass are very hydrated tissues. So fat mass is actually not very hydrated. And it's the preservation of muscle mass. And that's why we want you to drink a lot of water. Okay, That's why we're always talking about drinking water. But the preservation of muscle mass is least, is throughout life and really critical as we get older. It's critical for our health. And a lot of people are going to say, well, it's great. You know, I've maintained my body weight. I'm only five or 10 pounds. You know, I'm not that far off of what I was in my twenties, but they didn't maintain their muscle mass. And they're kind of like what we call skinny fat. So they have, their weight is good, but they don't have a lot of muscle. They don't have a lot of strength. And what studies are showing is that muscle mass correlates specifically with mortality. And there's an inverse correlation with that. And it kind of makes sense. Our ability to move around, get up and get out, get in and have a chair, do all the things, do our daily active, active lifestyle, right, is important. And as we get older and we get to a stage in our life where we can no longer, or not able to do these basic activities. Our basic activities of daily living then we have to start depend on someone else for our care so you can see how just simple correlation between muscle mass and mortality it's incredibly important this is an important organ for your longevity and i've also seen some studies now that uh, correlate specifically lower body strength with improved cognition other things. So that's why it's so strong. That's why I wrote a book on it. Okay. That's why, you know, I wrote a book on strength training, number one bestseller on Amazon, because it's that important. If you came to me and said, I got to work out twice a week, I'm going to tell you, you need to do strength training. And I'm going to need to tell you that you need to get out there and at least walk 20 to 30 minutes a day. So we lose about a third or about, pardon me, about 1% of our muscle mass per year. Or starting around age 30, and about 1% to 3% drop in strength or power. So the muscle mass actually declines slower than we lose our strength. And what we're really losing, we accelerate, we lose power. We've talked about that before. And as much as we try to slow this down, it would be beneficial, okay? have as much muscle mass as we can as we get older research shows high versus low level of fat-free mass showed a 30 percent decrease in mortality risk muscle mass you want to keep it i want to talk about big and bulky i'm not big and bulky you look around my my coaching center here people aren't big and bulky but they're maintaining their muscle mass and still building it there's even a report in the literature that a single resistance exercise has profound effects on brain volume. We just talked about cognitive development, right? And there's a statistically significant increase in gray matter density in different parts of the brain from doing strength training. It's not just about muscle mass, okay? It's about other things in the body, it's about our brain, our cognitive health. We want to be able to live longer. We want to be able to improve our health span. We want to be able to enjoy those extra years. So we want to think of building muscle mass like bone density or bone mass. It's very similar. You know, we're told we can build bone mass up until probably 30 Men, it's about the same. And then as women head towards menopause, that transition, that they're definitely going to lose some bone mass. So you want to start at a higher level. You want to get as much bone mass as you possibly can up into your thirties. You know, 25 year olds, 20, teenagers don't think about that. But in our generation, we were outside doing a lot of activity outdoors, especially when you kids climbing trees and playing games. We built more bone density and we built more muscle mass. And everybody after the menopausal transition loses bone at about the same rate, men and female. So you need to do something about that. Well, the same holds true. The same principle holds true for muscle mass. You want to try to build as much muscle mass as you can. So as we age, we don't have to try to work out of this hard to keep it. But here's probably some good news, okay? Whereas in bone density, it's difficult to build that bone density as we get older. Muscle is a little bit easier into 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, um, maybe even into your 90s, Okay you can still gain a little bit of muscle mass with a proper properly designed strength training program. And we can definitely gain strength. I know I trained some 90 year olds here and we can see them get stronger. We can physically see them get stronger. They're not building much more muscle really, but we can see them getting stronger. So you definitely can gain strength. So we probably have a bigger window to accumulate muscle than we do with bone. It's the same concept. You'd like to go into older age when you're beginning to lose muscle at a higher level because then if you're going to have a starting of a decline, whatever it might be, we can just kind of plateau that off so it stops because you could have a decline. Let's say, for example, as we get a little bit older, it's cold out. We don't go outside as much, right? We don't shovel snow as much. We might not walk as much. We might not do all those other activities much because it's cold out. So right there, we may possibly have, especially when I go into the gym, we're going to have some muscle loss. And I don't know exactly when this muscle loss might occur, how quickly it occurs, but we know there's studies of people lifting into their 90s that they get stronger. It may not necessarily be gaining a whole lot of muscle, but they're gaining function back. And that function is what's important. So at the end of the day, you no know, being able to get up and down out of your chair, go up and down stairs, carry the groceries, play with your grandchildren, is that important. So these sorts of little things in life, these everyday activities that we take for granted when we're younger can make a difference when we're older, like with falls, breaking hips, tripping, and just not having the energy or the strength to do the things that we wanna do. So strength is so important. That's why I told Mike that strength training, resistance training is the most important thing he can do to live a longer, healthier life. That's without even a whole lot of the science behind it. Right? Even if you're not gaining muscle mass, it's important to maintain your strength and power to perform your daily activities. So the strength and the power is really the key point, really what's going to improve your quality of life as you age. And being able to delay the onset of of these age-related diseases and hit us later in life, okay, having that strength and that muscle mass is going to ward off those diseases, kind of delay them. So right now, the um, the guidelines are 150 minutes weekly of moderate to vigorous activity. Okay, and if you do that, and you get even more, even more, is more benefits we talked about just a few weeks ago. A little bit more than that, you're going to gain some more benefits. There is a cutoff at that, but it was a crazy number. It's number that most people aren't going to do. And if you're getting in there and you're getting into the gym a couple of times a week, doing some solid resistance training, research has shown that you're going to put on a, probably an extra four years of life. But not just put on an extra four years of life, but those extra years are going to be better. You're going to be able to live better. So the number one way to affect strength, muscle mass, power, your longevity to be able to function during your longevity is strength training a properly designed strength training program a couple days a week Is a third day necessary not, not not necessarily in my eyes i think a third day you need to do some more metabolic type training a little bit more power training um, a little bit more interval training to improve your aerobic capacity uh you're not going to get the same benefits out of the strength training a third day as you did when we were younger so if you think about the towel analogy you drop a a towel in a bucket of water you take that towel out and you wring that towel and a lot of water comes out strength training is what's coming out of that towel it's the number one thing so beyond that to think about is your protein intake higher protein intake correlates with reduced muscle mass loss and decrease in frailty risk in older adults so your protein intake is important and why is it important? It's not as important as strength training, but it is important. Protein is different than anything else that we eat. Okay. Um, we take in carbohydrates and fats, that's for fuel. We put it in and we burn it and put it out. Some of it gets stored, but protein is something else. It's like a building block of the body. We really can't store too much of that. It kind of gets stored in the muscles. but We use it as a building block of the body kind of reservoir on your muscles to be used later for when we break down the body when we do some when we think about um bricks we're building a brick wall right so your body's a brick wall we do exercise we take some blocks out of that wall it gets regenerated with that protein and refill in those blocks when we're younger it's very efficient when we're older it's not quite as efficient so the rda for protein is 0.8 grams Of protein per kilogram body weight. But I can tell you what we're talking about for the prevention of muscle mass, just protein itself, okay? And to help reduce that risk of muscle mass, the research that I suggest, that I see, suggests that a minimum is much closer to 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. If you can't figure out kilograms, which is 2.2, you take your weight and divided by 2.2 it's about 0.6 to 0.7 grams per pound of body weight now we talk about when we're doing fat loss programs we're talking about taking in one gram per pound of body weight one gram per pound of lean body mass so we have lean body mass and we have fat so if you're taking in six to seven grams per pound of body mass that per pound is your total body, not just your lean mass. So it's going to be kind of close there. (laughs) And older people from the research can probably benefit from even leveling up to 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight. Now there's a certain point like you can take in too much protein. I don't know if you can take in too much protein, but the system doesn't really utilize it it doesn't kind of hang out okay there's kind of an upper limit to it but if we just start to try to get to the RDA and work our way up to 6 or .7 grams per pound of body weight we'd be doing ourselves um a lot of good and as we age our tendency to have a smaller and smaller percentage of protein in our diet it just it seems the way what happens when we live so um So we don't get getting as much protein in to support the muscle mass and the lean mass as we age. And typically from what we see is that the level goes down as we age. And this can limit the ability to hold on to that muscle mass, okay? So 0.8 is the RDA. But we're going to look at point one, two to optimize. It's the optimal level to be at in our protein intake, especially as we age. You know, we think about, I know I just noticed all the people get a little bit older, their breakfast, yeah, they kind of focus on their carbohydrates and that the whole grains and things like that. But we need to get some protein in that meal as well. So just take a look at, okay. Are we getting enough protein in throughout the day? We're going to talk about timing in a second. So in a meta-analysis out of a group that had resistance exercise in adults younger than 65 and adults older than 65, they noted that the people that are over 65, they did not synthesize their protein as well. The body didn't utilize it as well. So to go back to the brick analogy for a second here, Replacing those bricks when we we're younger was very efficient, okay? We break it down. We break the knock a brick out of the wall. Another brick goes back in. But as we get older, the body cannot replace those bricks as well. The protein is not synthesized as well. So we want to make sure we're getting enough in there, okay? Keep in mind, resistance training is number one. Protein intake is number two. And then some people are going to ask me about protein timing. You know, when should we worry about protein timing? So we had the big twist of the towel. Got a lot of water coming out. That is strength training, resistance training. We twist it again a little bit, and not quite as much water comes out. Less water comes out. That's protein itself. So now we're going to twist it again a little bit more. Now it's protein timing. It's wring that towel, just that towel, just a little bit less comes out. So the key is to make sure you're getting enough in. Is even distribution throughout the day good? Absolutely. But if for some reason you can't get that into your nutrition, that's okay. Just make sure you're getting enough in throughout the day. Is it super important to get extra, get it in right after exercise we like to see you get in and after exercise with a protein shake because we get a nice nutrient-dense meal in, in your day. Get some frozen fruit, vegetables in there. Get that protein powder. Maybe put some other seeds in there, whatever. Some. Um, uh, I know I put flaxseed, wheat germ in mine. I, sometimes I put cheese seeds in. Sometimes I put hemp seeds in. Sometimes I put in some spinach, hemp, whatever it is, but it can be a nice – nutrient packed meal right after you work out when your body's looking for some nutrients right but if we're not getting it there let's make sure we're getting it in throughout the day can we have supplements certainly we can use supplements that's one way to use them But was really important is that we're getting a total amount in for the day so add it up so if we were to squeeze that chow one more time right so we've got resistance training and we've got protein total intake is super important timing is not as important the quality of the protein so we certainly want to have good quality protein okay and but it's it's not the most important thing obviously animal meat is highest in essential amino essential amino acids It's higher than the protein, plant protein. Some people don't want to eat red meat. Some people don't want to eat meat at all. Some people, vegans and vegetarians don't want that at all. But a plant-based protein diet can get sufficient amino acids if done correctly to foster muscle protein synthesis. This is, you know, the world has come around to this a little bit where it wasn't there before, but it is there now. and. You're paying attention, a vegan or a, a vegetarian can get enough protein muscle to be able to have protein synthesis. Not as easy as animal meat because animal meat is higher in amino acids, but yes, you can do it with protein. So it's again a little ring on the towel. So, just a, another finer point here resistance training. The skeletal muscle increases the muscle size and the strength via mTOR activation. We've talked about mTOR before. So with resistance training, you stimulate mTOR to turn protein synthesis on in all of the regenerative anabolic processes to repair any and recover any distress that occurred from the exercise. So we have that protein. It's synthesizing. It's turning on mTOR. All good things are happening in the body. So the final tightening of that towel, one last little ring, okay, is we can take a look at omega-3. Researchers believe that omega-3 supplementation via fish oil may be an effective way to protect against muscle mass loss. While also helping to promote the rebuilding and restoration of muscle during times of atrophy, such as during injury or during surgery. That and all the other benefits of taking fish oil. Fish oil is on my supplement list. I take fish oil. take vitamin D. I take a a, a multivitamin. You know, fish oil is up there. There's something that you really should think about. Talk about your physician with it. Talk to him about that, her, whoever it might be, um, whether you think you should supplement fish oil. Because if you're not getting to the gym, if you have an injury, um, let's say, for example, uh, you know, my mom. My mom's in... um, Use the walker, she has to sit a lot. It's difficult for her to do strength training. So I would, if I was her, I'd talk to her about some fish oil, you know. Why not? Maybe even some stuff going on with um, creatine as well. And I know there's some creatine studies showing uh, the benefits in, in our mental health as well. So there are some other ways, but the number one way is through resistance training. That's what you need to know. That's what you need to understand. You need to try to get to the gym or coach twice a week. If we're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, that's where you need to be. In our 40s, maybe you want to go three times. So, hey, let's at least get twice in there, right? And then let's do some of the little things. Let's make sure we get enough protein in our diet. Let's make sure we're getting throughout the day. Make sure that uh, maybe we're taking some omega-3s. But strength training is the most important thing. And that's why when I spoke with Mike, obviously – Exercise comes up all the time if they know you're a coach, which is fine. And that's one of the dangers. If you're maybe a physical therapist, you're always talking about injuries here and there, right? If you're nutritionist, people are always talking to you about nutrition and diet and eating and things like that. If you're a chef, maybe they're talking about how you're cooking. I know for us, it's exercise. It's exercise which is okay because we love exercise and we love everything that it does for your body. But it is sort of a social danger that no matter where you go at any time, somebody's talking to you about exercise unless they see you all the time. And then maybe that doesn't happen. So I hope this is helpful information for you. That's why I wrote the book because strength training, you want a copy of my book, go to chrisborda.com. You can pick up a copy right there, chrisborder.com. It's uh 1495 or something like that. It's very inexpensive. It's going to give you an exercise program in there. Now, I will tell you this, that I don't believe that exercise is cookie cutter. I don't believe it's like TurboTax. Okay. You don't want to go to account. I believe you should go to accountants because that's their business. That's their job. But you want to just plug the numbers into a TurboTax, go right ahead. Okay. But exercise is not like that, especially as we get older, you can't just plug it in. You can't just go on the internet and say, okay, I'm going to just pull this workout and do that workout and that kind of stuff. It's in it needs to be individualized. You, you have, Things going on in your body that you may not realize. If you're exercising, you did 10 years ago, never mind 40 years ago when we were a kid in our basements lifting weights. Things have changed. and You can get hurt. And we don't want you to see it hurt. So find a professional to work with, someone that knows how to coach people, how to train people, 40 plus, 50 plus, and so forth because it's not cookie cutter it's not like just going to TurboTax it's not like just looking up on YouTube I look up on YouTube all the time and I just looked up on YouTube on how to change all the fluids in my wife's CRV and I can do that stuff right or I can I learned how to do uh sheet rocking on YouTube sure that's fine but if I had to really wire a house could I go on YouTube for that no it takes a professional really know how to wire a house Could I figure it out over time? I could. Could you figure out exercise? Certainly over time you could, but why waste that time? Find a professional, someone that knows what to do that's going to help you avoid injury and maximize your benefits. All right, that's all I got to say today. So, strength training, number one reason. Number one thing you can do for longevity other than those things, you know, not to smoke, you know, to not be obese. It's more important in nutrition. It's more important than cardiovascular exercise. Longevity is a way to do it. Strength training is a way to do it for improving your health care. And uh, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to what I have to say. I hope it was helpful and informative. If you have any questions, certainly leave a comment. I'll get back to you. Stop by the gym. Give us a call. Number's right up on the screen. And I will be back again next Tuesday with more information on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Thanks for watching.